This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Lord, we are grateful for your love and kindness, for your faithfulness. We say take all glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Lord, speak to us today. Uh, open our eyes of understanding to the realities of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, to God alone be all the glory. Uh, <laughs> Diana. Diana is married with her own child. Can you imagine? Graduated MBA. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we started a sermon series on honoring God. And uh, we've covered a, a number of ground. You know, as I was preparing, I, I checked to see when we started. And I saw that we started the first Sunday of March. So we've been on this journey now at least two and a half months. We've talked about so many different things. And uh, interestingly, somebody approached me and said, Pastor, you should write a book on this sermon series. So there's a book deal in the offing. You know, my wife will be my manager with PMP and everything. You just uh, strategize everything for me. So it has to be a bestseller. You know, you will contract, you will make commission. <laughs> you know, so somebody, and that, that's the truth. Somebody approached me and said, Pastor, this is really good. And I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, feedback from a number of you. Uh, the purpose of this series is very simple. Listen to this. I know people like to hear things that will excite them, like prosperity and all of those kind of things. Listen to this. If you honor God, the Bible says, if a man's ways are pleasing unto the Lord, even his enemies, they will be at peace with him. One thing I can assure you and guarantee you is, if your life is pleasing to God, God will cause those other areas of your life to fall in line. You know, so the one easy way of just getting everything in order, just obey God. Pleasure Him. Let your life be satisfying to Him. Uh, God asked uh, Abraham in Genesis 22, many of you know the story. He said, offer your son Isaac to me. Your son, the one you love. Your only son, the one you love very much. And because of his obedience, God swore by himself that he was going to take care of Abraham. So I, I don't want you to say, oh, pastor, uh, let's move on to something more exciting. This is really good for a, a number of people, at least from the feedback that I've gotten. So we, we started with the introduction, then we went on to talk about relationships. We actually have been talking about relationships for a while now. In talking about relationships, we talk about the marriage relationship. How can a, a husband honor God in his marriage? How can a wife honor God in his marriage? How can parents honor God in their relationship with their children? And the last time we talked about how children can honor God in their relationship with their parents. 
So just for the benefit of those that did not start with us, what is honor? Uh, when we started, I did talk about the fact that honor can be a noun and can be a verb. The sense in which we're talking about this is honor as a verb, an action word. And the simple definition is to demonstrate your regard and great respect towards God. If you have the church app, the sermon note is on the app. Uh, before I came up, in fact, before the service, I knew I was not going to be able to finish. So this is just going to be sort of like an introduction uh, to what we're talking about today. But listen to this. Honor is what I do, what I express to whomsoever I'm honoring. How I do stuff is important. Many people say, oh, it's just church. You can just, no, it's not just church. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It has to be excellent. It has to be perfect. It has to be awesome. And the way I relate with my wife is all part of it. I told us before, many people like to compartmentalize their lives. My life is not in compartments. I only have one life. And when it comes to honor, honoring God is with all of me. If I, can, if I cannot honor God with all of me, then I shouldn't honor him with any of me. It's all of me. Everything is all included. It's a total package. Listen to this. Whatever you do not honor cannot be a blessing to your life. Whatever you dishonor cannot bless your life. Very, very important to know. It is one of the reasons why in a church, in a church like ours, you see some people, it seems like everything they, they touch turns to gold. Honor. Honor. In fact, somebody once said, let me put it like that. Somebody once said that if you look at the, a whole lot of people that are very close to our general overseer, it seems like they are just around him. A lot of them are not benefiting from the grace of God that is upon his life. Because there's a way you can be close to a person that you become familiar Familiarity will rob you of the blessings of God for your life. We have a challenge as modern day Christians, 21st century Christian. We want to please God in our own way. You know, and I've had people say things like, uh, you know, this is what I think. Do you know what I think really doesn't matter? All that counts is what does the scripture say? What, what is the Lord saying? Whatever God is saying is what counts. It, it doesn't matter what my culture teaches me. Anything my culture teaches me that is contrary to scripture, I must abandon it and hold the scripture, the word of God, as a gold standard. Romans 8.8 8 from the uh, ESV translation it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot. It's not may not, cannot. 
The only way to please God is by his word. Whatever he says, that's what we do. So everything we have covered so far, talking about my relationship with my wife or my wife's relationship with me, talking about my relationship with my children or my children's relationship with me, all of that, you leave God out of it, it is smoke. It appears for a little bit and it's gone. It doesn't have any impact. And when you read through the scriptures, especially the New Testament, one of the things you will see is whatever it is we're doing wrong today did not start with us. Amen? From time immemorial, man has always wanted to accept God and serve God on their own terms. This is what God has said, but this is what we are going to do. That's that's just been the story. When Jesus came and presented God to the people, the Sadducees had their thoughts. The Pharisees had their thoughts. There are Sadducees and Pharisees today, just not called Sadducees and Pharisees, that are adapting the word of God and saying people must do stuff that the scripture does not say anything that they must do. In fact, this is one of the things that the Apostle Paul was addressing in the church at Colossae when he wrote to them about their philosophies and all their ideas and all their traditions and all of those things. They were conflicting their philosophy with scripture. Every philosophy that does not line up with the word of God is vain and it is empty. Amen. What I want to talk about today is honoring God by honoring your man of God. It's odd for me. In fact, my wife was like, are you going to read? I know you, you don't like talking about yourself, but we have to do it. Because if you have not taught the people, you cannot have any expectation. Amen. So let's go on this journey together in the few minutes remaining. It's going to be wherever we get to, we stop there and we'll continue next time. Watch this. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, you know it. We've been talking about it. Honor your father and mother, then you will live long, uh, a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. The word father there, and I put, if you are following in the sermon note, I put a bunch of other scripture there. In fact, I searched through all of the Old Testament, and I saw that in almost all of the entirety of the Old Testament, there is one word, one word that is, that is translated father. And that word is up, up. And what does it mean? It means chief. Principle of father, like your natural biological father. In the Old Testament, the priests and the prophets were father figures in the lives of the people. Amen. And that is why the word that is used to represent fathers 
does not just signify a biological father. It signifies persons of authority over your life according to the instructions of God. In the New Testament, the Greek word that is translated father for a lot of times is patar. We talked about it before. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, when it says fathers do not provoke your children. I told you, don't be confused because translation, you know, sometimes uh, it, it, it does not mean that mothers cannot provoke their children. That's not what it says. In fact, the word that is translated father there simply means parent. It simply means parent. Amen. And that also has a general connotation because in scripture, you will see, for example, let's, let's take the Old Testament and then we'll jump to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you see the scripture talk about the sons of the prophet. Well, it's not talking about men that were given birth to by the prophet. It's talking about those that are under his ministerial jurisdiction. All right? And then the relationship between Elijah and Elisha, as Elisha, Elijah was taken to heaven in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, Elisha saw it. Elisha was the servant of Elijah. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariot and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. What's he he saying? He's calling Elijah my father, my father. And the word there is the word up, the same word that we have seen before. When you look at Apostle Paul, the man that wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15, this is what he wrote to them. I am not writing these things to you to shame you, but to warn you that as my beloved children, my beloved children, this is Apostle Paul that we know was never married. He didn't have a wife. So it's not talking about his biological children. It's talking about those that God has put under his ministerial umbrella. My children, my dear children. And then in verse 15, it said, For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. Let me stop there and let's see if we can unpack here for a little bit. By the grace of God, uh, my wife and I have been pastors in Salvation Center uh, 18 years. It's going to be 18 years, June 1st. In 18 years, I can guarantee you, tens of thousands of churches have shut down. 
That is why in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul can talk about the labor pains of giving birth to the, to the church. The labor pains, the, the, the travail, the prayers before the church became an entity. He was reminding them of that. And here he's saying, look, it, I know, I know it's possible for you to have tens of thousands of teachers, but you can only have one spiritual father. Only one spiritual father. So in Salvation Center, for example, you can only have one spiritual father. You have many teachers, which we do have. We have many teachers. We have uh, associate pastors. We have uh, uh, ministers. We have uh, HODs. We have workers. But you only have one spiritual father. That's what he's saying to them. He said, oh, no. Okay, let's go back to second, uh, First Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. He said, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your spiritual father in Jesus Christ when I preached the good news to you. Listen to this. In those years that the church has existed, God has helped us. We have planted at least 10 other churches. In fact, <laughs> praise the Lord. In some parlance, by definition, they will be calling me apostle. <laughs> because you have planted other churches. And because you have other churches other, under you, they will actually call you a bishop. But we don't have all of those kind of titles in redeem. Pastor, and that's it. Praise the Lord. So it is important that you understand that what God is doing, so we can have a guest come to the church and preach, it doesn't make them your spiritual father. Some people, I'm going to tell you this, some people have never, I've told you about how to honor your father, yeah? And how to honor your mother, right? Some people have never, ever given anything to their spiritual father in the house. But a guest minister comes, preach for one hour, and say, ah, ah, thank you very much, sir. The Lord bless you, sir. Somebody gave you a platform. Somebody gave you a platform. Praise the Lord. You may have 10,000 teachers, but you have only one spiritual father. Paul, when you read the Bible, I want you to read slowly and try to really understand it like you're reading a textbook that you're going to have a test on, like a quiz. As I'm studying, I'm looking at the scripture. Paul, he will call all of this, uh, the, the people of this church, he will say, my dear children. And then some people, he will refer to them as my son. And then some others, he will refer to as my true son. It means there are levels. There are children, there are sons, and there are true sons. Watch this. 
One of the things I've learned over the years is people dancing around you and bowing down. It means absolutely nothing. Nothing. Because the same people that are bowing and doing all of that, people are talking mess about you. Number one, they can't defend. They can't say, no, you can't talk about my father like that. And number two, sometimes, ah, me too, I have noticed. <laughs> the Bible says, well, not the Bible, so let's scratch it. It's an old saying. <laughs> it's an old saying. Since I let the cat out of the bag, I just keep it in the bag. Listen, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, it says, I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. My true son in the faith. May God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace and mercy and peace. When he's writing to others or writing about others, go check it out. He doesn't write to them like that. Why? Because Timothy was a true son in the faith. The question you and I must ask ourselves, if God indeed has planted you in Salvation Center, you must ask, am I a true son or a true daughter of Salvation Center? There's no way someone is talking mess about your house or about your family that you don't stand up in defense and say, what are you talking about? Do you even know what you're talking about? Have you been there? Have you seen that? How do you know what you say? Say somebody say somebody say somebody say. Say look at your life. See your life outside. <laughs> the reason it can talk about true sons is because there are imposter sons. They act as though they are sons, but they are not sons. They act as though they are children but they are not really children. Hallelujah. And in 1 Timothy 1.18, it calls him again, my son. 2 Timothy 1.2, it calls him my dear son. In 2 Timothy 2.1, calls him my dear son again. And Titus chapter 1 verse 4, it says, I am writing to Titus, my true son, in the faith. He didn't write anything like that about Demas. In fact, his summation about Demas was not a good one. You know, some things happened <laughs> uh, some time ago, and uh, one of my daughters in the house came and met me. Very upset. Nobody did anything to her. They did it to me. The way she was angry, I was begging her. I said, even myself, I have forgiven. You to forgive. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's a true daughter. That's a true daughter. That how dare you do that to my father? But I told her, I said, look, that's a trap. The enemy is setting for us right there. A trap of unforgiveness. Now you are moving away from the territory of man. You are moving to the territory of God. 
when you don't forgive. Let's stop there for today because of time. Our time is fast spent. Uh, but it's all good. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. We'll, we'll take it up from there the next time. Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.